Welcome to the HR Room Podcast, the podcast series from Insight HR, where we talk to business leaders from around Ireland and share their advice on how to create the HR systems and workplace culture that's right for your business. For show notes and bonus content, simply visit www.insighthr.ie forward slash podcast. And remember, if you need any HR support, get in touch with us at Insight HR. Whether it's conducting a complex workplace investigation, filling a gap by providing you with a virtual or on-site HR resource, or providing advice via our HR support line, we'll help you resolve whatever human resources challenge your business is facing. Okay, let's get started. Hello and welcome to another episode of the HR Room podcast. On the 16th of December 2022, the government announced the approval of the EU Directive on Transparent and Predictable Working Conditions, which includes a range of minimum requirements to protect workers. This brings the Directive into national law in Ireland, which means employers must now be up to date, informed and compliant with the latest updates. But fear not, that's exactly what we want to help you with today. So to talk about this topic today, we're delighted to be joined by our very own Liam Barton, Senior HR Consultant here at Inside HR. How are you, Liam? Very well, Owen. Thank you. Stuff. And as always, we're joined by our very own Mary Cullen, founder and managing director here at Inside HR as well. How are you, Mary? I'm great. Thanks, Owen. So we'll jump right in because um, I know there's, I suppose, potentially a lot to get through because it's, it's, it's quite a significant update, um, but we'll do our best. So Liam, can you talk to us about some of the key items uh, or updates, I suppose, included in this set of regulations from your perspective? Yeah, thanks, Owen. I, th- I think there's a couple of, of key things, Owen, I suppose. Traditionally, if we look at a probationary period in, in Irish employment law, you were limited to less than 12 months um, in terms of you can have a probationary period, but of not longer than, than 12 months. And what the Transparent and Predictable Working Conditions Regulation seek to do is, is to bring that uh, back in the private sector uh, to six months and essentially to set out to... Uh, employers in the private sector that you can only have a probationary period for a new hire of six months in general. Now you can extend the the probationary period in certain limited circumstances, but very much where it's on an exceptional basis um, and where it is also in the interest of the employee. So I suppose it's not making a massive difference, um, but it is probably giving some really good direction to employers in terms of the necessity to carry out uh, probationary reviews and the, the importance of doing so within the agreed uh, time period. And I suppose that the current status would be somebody who feels that a probationary um, period has been unfairly um, applied within the the private sector does have redress through the Industrial Relations Act, which is voluntary in nature. Um, But this um, set of regulations is, I suppose, really encouraging employers to stick to a six-month time limit in terms of um, their assessment of of new employees under the probationary period. I suppose the other, um, some other factor which is, is important is that under the, the Terms of Employment Information Act, typically an employer had two months uh, within which to furnish a statement of terms of, of employment to an employee, and that's now been shortened from two months to one month. So again, in my experience own, and probably in Mary's experience, mostly an employer will issue an employment contract pretty much uh, immediately or very often before 
even the employment commences and very much where an employee wants to know in writing what the the, the specifics of their of their employment will be. Um, and under the Miscellaneous Provisions Act, um, there are five core terms which, which have to be in, um, issued in a number of days. So I think the main thing for employers to be aware of, you know, the six-month limit is now applied and it's in situ in the private sector. Employers should stick to that. Um, the time limit for for um, issuing um, the the statement of terms and conditions of employment has been shortened from from two months uh, to one month. Um, another provision which is, I think, interesting is around the whole area of training and the fact that employers who are required by law or by a collective agreement to provide training to an employee for their role should now or must now provide that training without cost as part of the employee's working time and during working time where possible. And I think this is something that employers need to be aware of as well, Owen, that now there's very much an emphasis is there is formal or mandatory training that it be carried out uh, within the hours of work uh, and that the employee be paid for that particular time. And I think within certain industries, that is something that employers should be aware of and take note of. Brilliant. So a lot of a lot of um, particularly important updates in there. We will actually post a link to the to the full set of regulations in the in the show notes below this episode. So do make sure to have a look in there to to get I suppose the, the full details. Um, so I suppose again, Mary, would I be right in saying that although this was these regulations were kind of brought in to protect certain groups of workers, it does affect all employers now, Mary, doesn't it? It affects I suppose every employee, as the definition would say. Absolutely. Um, you know, you be, I, I think really when it looks at things like the additional information to be provided within the day five statement to um, employees, um, you know, there's a, a list of additional things that now need to be provided as well. Um, and that affects contracts of employment um, and as Liam rightly says ideally and in the ideal world you'll be issuing those terms and conditions of employment to people before they start with you Um, but now it's pulled back to one month so you've got one month from the date someone starts with you to issue them with their terms and conditions of employment Um, And that, I I guess, puts a bit more of an administrative burden on employers um, and particularly in certain sectors where people come and go and um, the workforce might be more transitory in in nature. Um, But again, it affects everybody. And probation itself, you know, if anyone out there still has uh, employees who've exceeded that six-month probationary period, in effect, they're permanent now because on the uh, 1st of February, um, that uh, the their contract of employment became permanent if you hadn't extended the probationary period uh, in the employee's own interest rather than in the employer's interest. And that's interesting because um, always the probationary period has been used by employers to assess the suitability of someone. And we've had so many calls over so many years from clients, you know, month 10, month 11, this person is not working out. Um, And up until this 
piece of um, legislation came into effect, people would be able to terminate employment up to uh, month 11 um, without the employee being able to you know, litigate or create too much of a problem for the employer. That has changed with this piece of legislation. Definitely. And I suppose there will be some employers, Mary, looking at this thinking, well, actually, a lot of these practices we have in were quite transparent and all this kind of stuff. But there is an element, Mary, that there is probably a need for this overall, where many industries, many companies, as I said, some companies are coming to us asking for advice. So there probably was a need for something like this to come in and provide the clues in the name, transparency and predictability really wasn't there. Yeah, well, I mean, it's there for a reason uh, mm. and there was a need for it and the need was because um, the working conditions weren't predictable for people and employers, you know, had lots of scope um, to issue terms and conditions when they felt it like it um, and do pretty much whatever they wanted within the first year. Um, you know, obviously, we're very much about supporting management to do the right things. And, you know, when managers come to us or, or ring into our helpline for support on these kind of issues, we'll always be urging them to do the right thing. But that being said, we get a volume of calls from our clients um, who haven't managed things like the probationary period very well. So, Ideally, in the ideal world, we would be saying to people, you know, check in on on someone after month one at a minimum. So you you bring them in, you onboard them and the quality of that onboarding will depend on the employer, the industry, the expectations of the employee and employer. Um, and it can be extremely thorough and intense or absolutely non-existent, depending on the employer. So we would always say, always check in month one. How are you getting on? Um, you know, it, it there, We'd like you to do a bit more of this, a bit less of that um, and encourage and support people and provide them at that point in time with any training or supports that they need in order to effectively uh, get through the probationary period. Uh, again, we would be saying come back at month three check in with people, how are you getting on, um, put in place any training and supports that someone might need at that point in time. But at three month mark, we'd be encouraging our clients to highlight uh, clearly to the employee that unless they make X, Y, Z changes uh, or unless they start performing at the standard required, there is a possibility that they won't be successful during their probationary period. Um, and you'll be guiding and encouraging and supporting people as much as possible so that they do. But now at the six month mark, you need to make a decision. Um, and the decision is, do I make this person permanent or do I terminate their employment? If it's in the employee's interest to extend the probationary period, you can do so. But that's a bit of a grey area and it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, how will an employer do that? So 
say, for instance, the option for, from the employee's perspective is that their role is, their employment is terminated uh, or the probationary period is extended to undergo a period of further training, maybe then you'll be able to argue um, that this was in the employee's own, own interest. But you can't just do it willy-nilly anymore. 100%. And I suppose, Liam, I know you kind of alluded to it at the start there, just a bit this new set period within probation. And I know we're spending a little bit of time on probation, but it has been heavily affected by these regulations. Being based on all of that, do you think that new time period will help kind of clear the muddy waters? Is it kind of fit for purpose? I suppose the the clarity is, is in there really, isn't it, when it comes to the new time period and stuff? It, it is. Um, I, I think what Mary has alluded to, Owen, is very, very important in my, my experience too many employers put off the, the honest conversation or the, the challenging conversation with a new employee. And we have to recognize as well that we have a tight labor market. We've, we've just over 4% unemployment. Um, so the ability of the employer to go out and, and to recruit is constrained. So you very, very often may have a client who might not be happy with Liam. Liam mightn't be exactly performing to the standard required, but um, the employer might be reluctant to have a difficult conversation for fear that it might lead to a resignation or that they might not be able to recruit for Liam's role. So th- there's a real tightrope that employers are, are walking there. But my advice is always, I think the six-month limit helps. Um, it's been widely debated in employment law circles over the last 20 or 30 years on, you know, should we have six months? We would have clients come to us, I want 11 and a half months of a probationary period. Can I have a probationary period of two years? Uh, no, you can't. Um, but, you know, it's better, I think, I think six months is a reasonable time frame in terms of uh, an employer looking at an employee and how he or she performs, how well they interact with customers and clients and with the team, how well they perform their, their work, how efficient or productive they are. And also for the employee to look at the, the company and say, what's the culture like? Do I like working here? Is it a nice environment? And, and so on and so forth. My experience on tells me that very often employers don't do probationary reviews very well. Some some companies don't do them at all. Um, like Mary said, they, they suddenly realize as the clock is ticking, oh my God, Liam is now with me eight or nine months. I kind of need to make a decision um, on his suitability or, or otherwise. So I think it will help if, if employers embrace it and sort of say, look, very reasonable um, probationary um, time limit, six months, that gives me time to assess the person and review whether they're suitable um, for employment or not, and to have an honest conversation about um, performance. And if the employer and the employee don't get together and have an honest and open conversation regarding how the employment relationship is going in the first month or two, it becomes much harder because the culture gets set, whether that's somebody um, not performing to the standard required, whether that's somebody having conflict with their, their fellow team members, it becomes much more difficult to correct um, areas of non-compliance from either side. So I think six months is a reasonable um, time lim- limit on. I think employers in, in some cases don't do this particularly well and they tend to come to it at, at the last minute and sort of try and get out of the relationship rather than from an earlier venture, have an honest conversation, give the feedback, positive and constructive, and see where that takes you. Um, But the earlier the conversation happens, the better uh, in in, in the long-term view of both the employee 
and the employer, in my view. Yeah, that's the potential elephant in the room, really, Liam, isn't it? If you're Absolutely. instead of looking at how short the period is, maybe look at your practices and your conversations yeah, and that kind for of sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I think you can. Uh, I suppose from the conversations that we have with uh, our clients, you know, and you're you're asking them um, to go through the various issues and and the various challenges that they're having with the particular employee, and invariably someone will be telling you, you know, week one, I knew this wasn't going to work out, and you're thinking week one, but we're now seven months in so what's happened and and did you notify someone at the six month mark that um you weren't satisfied and you're extending the probationary period and no that wasn't done either so you know when an employer had up to almost a year to make this decision before it was badly done uh now it's got tighter and you know that conversation is a difficult conversation and you know a lot of employers fear giving that feedback a lot of managers fear giving that feedback to an individual because you know let's face it it's a difficult conversation to tell someone that listen you may not have a job here in three months time unless you you change the way in which you're performing um, and so people avoid it and procrastinate and put it off um, and then it becomes crisis point because the, there's a, a straw that breaks the camel's back, there's something that the employee does, there's a terrible mistake made, there's a litany of mistakes spreading over seven months and suddenly there's an urgency about getting uh, rid of this particular person. Um, so the, the more robust the system is, the the more likely it is that you're going to uh, assess people quickly and fairly, give them uh, a fair opportunity to improve and to succeed um, rather than out of the blue, just coming to someone and saying, I'm sorry, this hasn't worked out. And you're literally walking someone to the door. Um, and that's rough for the employee. It's hard for the manager, but it's really rough for the employee who's, you know, working life has suddenly become unpredictable, who becomes unemployed, um, even though they may have left another job for this job in the first place. So exactly. I always believe in in thinking about the human beings as well. Yeah, it's, it such an important point because I suppose they're not just guide rails for employers. Liam, they're kind of protections for the employees, which is kind of the crux of everything we do really, Liam, isn't it? Absolutely. And the point I was going to say, Owen, is that it's amazing in my experience, and Mary has, has pointed out there, how many managers struggle to have that difficult conversation, to give constructive feedback. And I, I'm talking, Owen, about, you know, extremely well remunerated managers extremely capable people wonderful in terms of their ability to perform their technical function uh, but put that manager opposite a new employee who's not performing to the standard required or not meeting the standard required and ask them to give them constructive feedback and you know they, they, they become so nervous and so unsure of themselves so it, it's amazing in my experience how how many managers struggle around that and, and Mary is right they will literally go to go on holidays to the Bahamas to try and avoid having mm -hmm. that difficult conversation because it's something that they're uncomfortable with 
and it, you know people will get upset there's no doubt people may have moved location or moved career or um, moved job to, to, to find a different opportunity and they may be presented with very challenging feedback um, so the legislation is there to protect the employee you're absolutely right so I think there's a responsibility on employers and managers um, if there, there's nothing worse on than um, somebody coming to an employee in my view uh, after eight or nine months when the employee um, is totally surprised by this this revelation that the the company is no longer happy with them or, or, or is not happy with their performance and there could be a question mark over their continued employment. I think really the employer has failed the employee in that regard and the manager has failed the employee, if we're being honest, because really the whole essence of performance management and probationary reviews is that there should be no surprises at the end. Um, so if a, if a manager has had a conversation after eight months, hasn't performance managed, hasn't run probationary reviews, um, and they're suddenly saying, well, actually, you know, we don't think you're you're suitable, then our point at Insight HR, well, what happened between day one and month eight? Where, where were the one-to-ones? Where was the coaching? Where was the feedback? Where were the one-to-one meetings? Where were the probationary reviews? Uh, why did we get to a situation so late in the day when the employee... Um, was surprised to know that they weren't performing and unfortunately that's that's not uncommon uh, and it's around i think empowering managers to have those difficult conversations but also employees being open to hearing constructive feedback so it's a dual a dual responsibility 100 percent and we're not judging people yeah, yeah. you know managers on yeah. that because we know they're yeah. tough it's a tough difficult it's, it's a tough thing to tell someone that you don't have a future in the company um and you know for a lot of managers they fear that but in reality you're giving the employee the opportunity to uh, assess their situation look out there on the marketplace and see if there's something else that they could do and you're giving fair warning and opportunity to to the individual um but not not a lot of people see it in that way they fear it uh, avoid it procrastinate and um you know there's your risk from an organizational perspective um and it's it's rarely because they don't have the systems in place it's usually because they're they're avoiding it or or are afraid of it um so i i welcome the regulation but i guess the the reality is it's also more red tape um more things for employers to think about another change again to terms and conditions of employment and policies and procedures um and it gets hard to keep up with all of these changes i'm going to dig into that a little bit deeper on our last question but i suppose just the other side of the coin or another one of the things that has to be done Liam, is this whole um i suppose terms and conditions I know you kind of alluded to it at the start, but can you just give us a refresher on what's the latest here again? How soon must they be furnished? What has to be included? That kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 there's essentially the the five day statement, which is the core terms and condi- or the, the the core employment terms, and they need to be furnished. It's referred to as the five day statement, and the new regulations have added to that in terms of what should be included. In particular, 
in circumstances where there's no fixed or main place of work, a confirmation that the employee shall work from various places or is free to determine their own place of work. I suppose the title or grade or nature of the work that's to be conducted or a brief statement of the description of the work, the date of commencement of the employee's contract, terms and conditions related to hours of work, including overtime, and the duration and conditions of any applicable uh, probationary period. So um, the number of, of points that need to be issued within five days has, has, has increased, and as has in terms of the core terms and conditions of employment, which previously um, had to be issued within two months, now within one month, there's further details which need to be added to that in terms of training, um, whether it's a temporary um, contract of employment or, or agency work. And again, more information in relation to, I suppose, what might be seen as an unpredictable or varied working par- working pattern and giving more clarity around um, the conditions that would apply to that and the reference hour period and, and time and working hours. Um, so th- there's... There's a there's a lot in the regulation zone. I think it, it it would be well for employers just to take their time, review the regulations, understand them, and again, I suppose the the key thing is training for employees who might be party to issuing employment contracts or managers who might have to conduct a probationary review and to ensure that they're um, appropriately au fait with the regulations to ensure that they're compliant. I suppose perfect segue to my last question. I know, Mary, we we often encourage people to look at their HR policies. I think this is one of those times where the check your HR policies alarm is blaring, really. Mary, isn't it? How, do, how can we ensure we're compliant and what, what things should we do to, to make sure we're getting this all right? The, the level of change that has occurred over the last number of years is, is phenomenal and it is really, really difficult for uh, employers to keep up. I mean, we ourselves who are in the business of, of drafting policies and procedures in terms and conditions of employment, um, you know, have had to go back to clients again uh, after Christmas to inform them of changes and again to do updates and redrafting and uh, provide more guidance around this new change that uh, that came in. It snuck in uh, at Christmas. You know, it, it probably the worst time of year from an employer perspective. You're closing down, you're having your parties, you're doing all of these things, you're finishing off your project work or your work for the year. Uh, people are on holidays and hey presto, uh, there's something big and significant that's going to affect how you operate your business in the new year. Um, so I do think it's difficult for employers to keep up um, it, it's difficult we're we're in this business and the pace of change is, is so rapid that it's difficult even for the experts to keep up with the changes that are happening so I do feel for managers and employers out there because many of them just aren't aware that something has changed. Uh, and if they're not aware, then they're not updating their practices, they're not updating their policies and their procedures, uh, and they risk falling foul of the regulations if that's the case. Um, so, yeah, I would say you really probably need to be reviewing 
your policies and procedures and your uh, terms and conditions of employment probably every six months at this stage uh, and make sure that you're keeping up to date with what's happening out there in, in the world of work. It's changing rapidly all the time um, and it's a, a job in itself. 100%. I suppose that's, I suppose we're kind of happy to, to help and maybe leave some of those stresses by, by having these kind of chats and providing the advice we do provide. So look, a huge thank you to, to Mary and Liam for that discussion again. It was one that kind of snuck in. We didn't want to go too far into the year without talking about this without giving the advice that's much needed. So really appreciate your, your time and your insights there. Um, very, very important discussion. Obviously, thank you to everyone for listening. So we catch you next week for the next installment of our podcast. So don't forget to click subscribe if you haven't already and join the discussion on our social media channels. Do feel free to send in any questions you might have on social media, anywhere at all. We're, we're, we're everywhere. So do make sure to reach out to us if you need any help. And as always, for HR consultancy services and management you can trust, get in touch with us today at insidehr.ie. Thank you, Liam, and thank you, Mary. Thanks, Owen. Thanks, Owen. Thanks for joining us today on the HR Room podcast, the podcast series from Insight HR that helps you create the human resources systems and workplace culture that's right for your business. For show notes and bonus content, go to www.insighthr.ie forward slash podcast. That's www.insighthr.ie forward slash podcast. We'd love it if you subscribe, like and share the show with any friends and colleagues who are looking for fresh ideas on how to create the ideal workplace for their business. And remember, if you need any HR support, get in touch with us at Insight HR. Whether it's conducting a complex workplace investigation, filling a gap by providing you with a virtual or an on-site HR resource, or providing advice via our HR support line, we'll help you resolve whatever human resources challenge your business is facing. Thanks, and see you soon.